Okay, here we are. Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 39. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Sri Gopya Uchu. Aho Vedatas Tavanakvachiddaya. Shamyoja Maitya Pranayena Dehina Tamchakratartan Vyunant Yapartakam Vakriditam Terbuka Cheshtatam Yata The gopi said, O Providence, you have no mercy. You bring embodied creatures together in friendship and love and then senselessly separate them before you fulfill their desires. This whimsical play of yours is like a child's game. Mayapur, is there some just tissue or something? Must be something here. No, right there. Yeah. Uh, there's something over there. No, this is okay. This will be fine. Okay. Gopi said, O Providence, you have no mercy. You bring embodied creatures together in friendship and love and then senselessly separate them before they fulfill their desires. This whimsical play of yours is like a child's game. Om Jnana Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksur Udmalatam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vansha Kalpa Tarubhyasya Kripa Sindhu Bhayebhacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhar, Shivas Adigor Bhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Okay, everyone come in. Yesterday, you were all so good. Okay. They all have their toy airplanes that Tota Gopinath bought them, but they won't. You'll go afterwards and fly them outside. Yeah. Okay. We have a, a full house here in, in New Brudge, C.C. Radha Vasant Bihari Mandir. How many years ago was it that I gave the deities? 2004. 2004, my God. 17 years ago, I, I gave the deities here. May 22nd, May 28th. May 28th, is that a Saturday? 2-0, May 28th. Okay, May 28th. So we'll have to have a festival for the deities that day. I know, unless I, I'm going to, 
Sri Vrindavan's weddings around then. I think it's the 29th. Okay. This is, this is 2020. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, we're at the culmination of the story here. And it's kind of important because I mentioned that practice needs a goal. So when you describe sadhana bhakti, it described its bhava. So without a goal, you can't have a practice. And therefore, we know that Prabhupada, he gave the Krishna book first. And it's funny, they were criticizing why you give the Krishna book first, because it's so high. I and mean, Prabhupada made a joke. Now, I'm here in a Gujarati home. If I was here in a Bengali home, the way they eat, you have, a, you have some rice in the middle, then you have bitter subjis, and then they all go around the rice and you end with the sweets because the sweets, they kind of somehow stop the appetite. They cool it. But the Gujaratis, they eat the sweets first. They take the ladus and mix it with the rice. Most people cannot comprehend this, but if they get the ladus, they kind of have this. So they asked Prabhupada, well, why did you give the Krishna book first? He said, just like the Gujaratis. <laughs> They sometimes, they, sometimes give, they sometimes give the sweets first. But I think there's also a reason why Prabhupada did that besides, the, well, there's many reasons and he, and he wrote it. He, he wrote the reason and, and he was explaining in the Chaitanya Charitamrita how Krishna Das Kaviraj, in the beginning of the Madhya he summed up the whole pastimes because he was so old and he didn't know if he was going to live. And Prabhupada said, that's why I wrote the Krishna book, because I was so old and invalid. I didn't know. So he gave it. But why was it important to give it? Because the whole Krishna consciousness is based on a goal. And if you don't hear about the goal, you're not going to have a practice. The practice is for the goal. It's not just chanting Hare Krishna. It's chanting Hare Krishna with, a, with an intention or Shani Hare Krishna with a purpose. And the purpose is to, to get this goal. So although it's not in our development of Krishna consciousness, Priyojana Tattva is a smaller part right now of our hearing and chanting. Uh, it's mentioned in the Bhakti Sandarbha that Sambandhagyan at the beginning is the most important to, to, to have. Sambandhagyan is a description of the reality you want to realize. That all philosophy has a description of reality, a method of realizing the reality, and the experience of doing so. The experience of doing so is Pyogen. So Jiva Goswami mentions, it's just like when you look for a treasure, the first important thing is knowing where the treasure is. Then you excavate it, and then you can describe what you can do with the treasure. So it's worth the excavation. You have to know what the value is of the thing you're going for. Otherwise, why? So we have to hear about that. And Prabhupada, even in the beginning days, he, they always, Krishna book was, was there. And he, and he told Vishal Prabhu, if you read Krishna book every day, you'll become happy. So 
we need a philosophical basis to have some context to understand this, what we're studying now. We need some philosophical basis. But even though we need some philosophical basis, we also need some inspiration. And, and therefore, as Prabhupada said, we didn't ban the gopis. It's not, we, you know, we, we, we hear that. I was listening to a lecture by Naranjan Swami the other day. And he was relishing how heavy Prabhupada was. Okay, I talked about how heavy Prabhupada was. My next Monday morning greeting is heavy. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of it. It's only a page. My next Monday morning greeting is heavy. Actually, when I gave the Bhagavad Gita to my cousin, Ma Seva Bharati, who is a sannyasini in the Himalayas, no joke, she took the ceremony and everything from the most learned Mayavadi scholar, Swami Veda Bharati. He's like a big scholar. And I gave her Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita. And what did she appreciate? He cuts right to the chase. <laughs> speaking to Parmananda, he drove me here on the way up. I was speaking to Parmananda. And uh, Parmananda was saying, if you read Prabhupada's books, he's reading the Bhagavatam again, you know, whatever he read it before. Now he's reading again how heavy Prabhupada is about having having faith in modern technology, that that's going to give us happiness, that that's going to solve the problems. So, you know, there's this vaccine debate. So he was, uh, he, Parmananda is an anti, not, not, but he's tempered on that way. I'm not making sides now. It's too controversial, but he liked how at least the point that, that Prabhupada wasn't putting the faith in that. So I've wrote something about that, not taking sides, but I wrote something about that, about Prabhupada, and it's kind of heavy, I have to say it. So I'm mentioning, you see, before I'm, I'm going to explain today the highest subject matter of Radha Krishna's feelings that Lord Chaitanya was going to, but I don't, I never start with that. You don't start with the basis. You don't become empowered to speak about that. Bori John told me that. So I, I didn't plan this. But Krishna is telling me with this audience, you first have to be smashed. And then I can give you some a little drop of Radha Krishna. So, so hold on to your seats. You're all going to get it. All right. It's not fully edited yet. COVID and the cow in the room. Okay, Druva, you're late. Now you sit down and like your, your sisters here, and I know these Indian families, it doesn't really matter who the exact parents are. They're your sisters. Your sisters sit very quietly and listen. They even put away their toy airplanes. Okay, COVID and the cow in the room. There is much discussion how best to deal with COVID-19. There is something, however, that few seem to be talking about, even those well-versed in traditional Indian literature, that the ultimate cause and cure for COVID-19 pandemic is beyond the virus. 
the cause, collective karma, quote, any country where people indulge in unnecessary killing of animals will have to suffer from wars and pestilence imposed by material nature. Srimad Bhagavatam 7.15.24. Srila Prabhupada was especially concerned with the result of the pervasive slaughter of the cow. Quote, so everyone should be obliged to mother a cow because she is supplying milk, but they are not taking care of mother. Therefore, they are sinful. They must have, there must be war, pestilence and famine. Lecture, London, 25th, July 73. The word pestilent comes from the Latin pestis, which means plague, and is defined in English as a contagious or infectious epidemic disease that is virulent and devastating. Sound familiar? What to do? To cure a particular disease, you first have to locate its cause and then reverse or eradicate it. The, the cure, pious leadership, quote, as soon as there's a there is complete eradication of sinful activities in the state, then there'll be no more war, pestilence, famine, or natural disturbance. Srimad Bhagavatam, 4.20.14. I'm not being facetious. The Shastras are saying something here that should be at the forefront of our discussion. The ultimate cause of pestilence is collective karma. A vaccine, even efficacious, won't therefore solve the problem. If the hearts of people are not purified and corrupt and ignorant educators continue to mislead people and sanction trillions of animals to be killed worldwide, the collective reaction to such mass exploitation will continue in one form or another, even if everyone on the planet is vaccinated immune and this particular karmic reaction is paid. Does that mean I should not take a vaccine? That's another discussion. We should always deal with symptoms of any ailment as they cause harm. When one has a very high fever, one must be very vigilant to bring it down. One should not, however, foolishly think that subduing the fever has eradicated the disease. Similarly, in dealing with COVID-19, we should do whatever it takes to help eradicate the disease, but not lose focus on its ultimate cause. As long as unqualified leaders continue to support and sanction the mass killing of animals, especially the cow, the sin of exploitation will certainly manifest in continual calamities and society will be ravaged by one disease or another. There's an English metaphorical idiom, the elephant in the room, indicating that something as conspicuous as an elephant can be overlooked for various psychological reasons, including an obvious truth that we can't hear because it challenges our attachments or worldview. I changed the metaphor for this article to quote the cow in the room to indicate something that is so glaring, but too often overlooked in Srila Prabhupada's teachings, that if we don't gravitate to a more self-sustainable and karmic-free life based on land and cow protection, we will all be subject to the karmic reaction of an exploitive society that, are, that we are inadvertently supporting. The result will not be pretty. Quote, European and American civilization will be finished on account of this sinful activity of killing the cows. Srila Prabhupada's letter to Kirtananda, May 31st, 1974. So why are we not talking about COVID and the cow in the room?
What do you think, Parmananda? Huh? Uh, you got that land now for the cows? You working on that or it's difficult? There's some, there's some plan here to actually make a plan to protect thousands of cows. There's a plan. There's a plan. It's not manifest yet. But this, they're working on something. Right? This is, this is cut to the chase problem, right? Let's get to the real thing. Anyways, you, you can talk facts and facts, mass, no mass. There's so many considerations. And, and it's important to figure that out properly. Bill Gates, nanoparticles, big farmer, narc, narc, narcissistic consciousness, whether it's intentional or people are exploiting it, there's all these problems. But this is the ultimate cause. The sinful activity of the whole society Millions of animals being killed mercilessly is not going to be a reaction. And we're not implicated in it by the way we live. I'm talking about myself. Right? So I kind of felt like a little juice there. Let's give the straight Prabhupada that my, my, my cousin, Maseva Bharati, would love. <laughs> She's a sannyasini. She just wants to hear the truth. She doesn't care if it's painful. Oh, man. There's nothing like hell, brimstone, and fire to get you, <laughs> your, you know, to get you, you, you working here. Now let's go to the gopis. <laughs> let's go now to the gopis. Okay. So... What I'm saying is, is there's the goal is important. And the point I was making, the foundational teachings enable you to more and more appreciate that goal. Because perception is not just a matter of the senses. It's a matter of your understanding. And we all see that people see the same thing, have a different understanding of it, and therefore see a different thing. So we follow both. Prabhupada said the 10th canto and there's nine cantos and you become purified. If you don't become purified of your attachments, you'll see it as mundane. If you don't become purified in your intellectual and conceptual understandings, you'll see it mythological to one degree. But when you're purified and you have proper knowledge, you'll hear it as the absolute reality because you'll understand the mind behind it you won't just see the form but you'll see the bhava you'll see the deep devotion and the exchange of this deep devotion that's going on and the feelings that are being expressed the feelings that are being expressed are the feelings that god wants and therefore, this is what Lord Chaitanya was listening to. Why? Because he had a particular objective that he wanted to nourish. His objective was he wanted to be a devotee. And therefore, a devotee means he had a some feelings he wanted. And here are the feelings. And he wanted to hear about them because when you hear poetics, drama, 
it just doesn't explain something to you intellectually. It communicates a feeling, and that was part of Lord Chaitanya's process. He would hear about these things, and he would feel these things, and he'd feel them at the highest level because he would just be in, in very high levels of ecstasy. His consciousness, he would be crying profusely. And they said that he, when he would cry at a separation, if you didn't feel it and you were in his proximity, you were no better than a, a rock, a stone, in terms of the condition of your heart, because it should move you. So, this story of Akrura is, is, is important because it showed you how to get to, to Vrindavan. That you have to have the proper mind. But now there's another part that's manifesting here. Why it's important to get to Vrindavan. Because the highest ecstasy is there. Aristotle said, Happiness is the goal. It's never a means for anything else. And he said, if you challenge me that, no, this is the goal, I'll say, no, that's not the goal. That's just the means for happiness. And therefore, you, 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 you say, you never say that happiness can't buy money. You say money can't buy happiness. Happiness is the goal. You know, Someone sent me this really short documentary about this either a German or Australian girl who married a Mazarai warrior in Tanzania. And they're doing a, a video of this and they live so simply. You know, there's a, fa there's a father and, a, and his three wives. <laughs> And then the wives have children. So they have a little complex. They're just mud huts, basically. Maybe little mud houses, right? It's so funny. That's primitive. And everybody here in upstate New York wants to have a cob house. <laughs> we'll go to Africa. You know? They already got it together. They already got the natural houses together. They have all these cob houses. And there's about, in the family, about 40... Maya Porchandra, you think you have a joint family? You only have 25 people living here. <laughs> they have 45 or 60. So she's living there and, you know, and they show her room and it's so simple. And it's like really what we would look at as kind of tribal people, you know? But then I was just thinking, I was saying, oh my God, how could she live there? But you see all the people there, they don't have psychiatrists. <laughs> you know, the grandmother, you know, the, the elder lady, right? Or one of, you know, she's, she's blissful. You know, even though you'd say, man, oh, what an oppressive social system it is. Because, you know, the, the man, is, it's a patriarchal society and the woman has to be under the man and, and I'm not making any judgment of that. They, the women weren't complaining. They were explaining it philosophically. Are you satisfied with that? Because they had someone doing the documentary and they just explained, this is the system and we're happy. And what about your three wives? We all love each other. There's no problem. I'm not promoting this. But, but the vision that I had of it that I thought that was so interesting is, who the hell cares? These people are happy. Isn't that the goal? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that's what I thought. There's so much happier than us with our, you know, what we have and our this liberated and that and put this here and this is the proper way and this is the way society should be and this, and then everybody's miserable. So who cares? <laughs> we should stop exploitation. We should, you know, but we should have we should have an alternative, some way of life that people can be happy. You know, and it's not just going to be some artificial liberation. You have to have a system. At least them. I don't know what their religious thing is, but at least a simple life made the mind more simple and pure and, and happy and meaningful. You know, meaningful because if you don't work, you don't live. <laughs> I mean, there's things there that are a little difficult to say the least, but at least that kind of kind of realism and, and look how i'm talking gopi bob today but it's krishna directing me that i can't go to gopi bob until i establish the foundation of it the foundation of it so now he has a kura and he arrives there by his aspirations his aspirations bring him them here there And now it shows what happens when he gives this message to Nanda Maharaj, who delivers it to the town caller. There will be a festival in Matara, the big city. All the men get the cards, get the milk, get the yogurt. We're going tomorrow. The king is called, and then Akura said, Narada Muni, Narada Muni told, Narada Muni told Kamsa, a child is Krishna. So he wants to see Krishna and you'll have to bring Krishna. And, and, and now the word gets out there. And, and, and it's a fact, word, you know, word always spreads because people are addicted to Bajalpa. You don't need Facebook. You just go, you hear what he did? Yeah, really? Hey, you hear what he did? Hey, you hear what he did? And you got all the people, hear what he did? Hey, this person, hey, you know, him at least in a village. They didn't need it because everything was in the village. Now we have modern, modern technology so our community is all over the world. Therefore, we need Facebook and, and social media to talk to our friends. But previously, they had a simpler system. Take all your friends and all your relatives and put them in one village with a system where you can get along. <laughs> so it's the same effect. Right? Same effect. You didn't have to write down your likes. Either people like you or you don't. You know about it. Hear what he did, yeah, he already did, yeah, he already did, yeah, he did, yeah, he did. So now the word comes, and now this is the feeling that Lord Shaitanya wanted, because it's Krishna, and Krishna means the most attractive. So it's the object that's most naturally 
invokes the most love and the most happiness at the level of God's happiness, because it's his energy. And it's the same energy that God's enjoying. So it's hard to have a reference point for us because we don't have that kind of happiness. It's God's happiness. And God can do anything. So if God wants happiness, what is that happiness like? What does it feel like churning in our hearts? And it has to do with our connection with God and how we feel about God. And part of it is the feelings of separation. Because now, And so now the gopis, they're going to be expressing various emotions. But what's happening is each emotion is like a wave, a powerful wave that's moving and churning and increasing the ocean of that love they have for Krishna. So now it's being expressed in anger. But the anger is their love because they're angry that someone's taking them from Krishna. But what's the mood behind that? It's emotion. But what's behind it is their anger. So a providence, you have no mercy. And they're talking to destiny personified. And they have expectations from destiny. You should be fair. Everyone wants destiny to be fair. Right? It's got to be fair. No, we don't want destiny to be fair. We want destiny to be merciful to us and to give justice to others. <laughs> Prabhupada's God brother, Srila Sridhar Maharaj, said that the greatest hypocrisy that exists in all us, we want justice for everyone else, but we want mercy for ourselves. We want fairness. We don't want fairness. Who wants fairness? You want fairness? <laughs> you really want to get what you deserve for forgetting God and all, all the things we've done and continue to do? We don't want fairness. We want mercy. But for others, we don't even want fairness. We want the wheels of justice to crush them, give them what they deserve. <laughs> This whole world is just so, so hypocritical, right? Get on Facebook, kill this guy. You know, after, you know, who, 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 who knows the hell what you did in the last month? Like Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, when they were going to bury his guru, Gurkishore Das Babaji, and there was a war for who would get the body, and there was like a, not a war, but a conflict. And there were materialistic people that wanted him as a saint because you could, you know, you, you make the samadhi and you sit there handing out charanamrita and ask donations. So Bhakti Siddhanta got up there so powerfully, you know, and said, you know, okay, anybody who, you know, hasn't had sex life 
in the last six months can come up and get the body. He said, okay, I'll be more merciful. Anyone who hasn't had it in the last month. <laughs> okay, anyone who hasn't had it in the last week. Come up, get the body. Last day. He said, okay, I'm taking the body. And he put it in the samadhi. So, so you're fair, you bring people together and you enjoy them and then you sensibly separate them fill, before they fulfill their desires. Is this fair? This whimsical play of yours is like a child's game. You know what I realized today? The only way we're actually gonna improve our consciousness is if we suffer. Because unless we suffer, we never shift our, our attempt for happiness to our consciousness. Because when everything goes our way, we try to get happiness externally. It's only when we suffer that we take shelter of changing our consciousness where, where happiness really resides. That's why there's suffering in the world. It's to change our consciousness. Otherwise, I'm, I'm in hellstone, hell brimstone and fire today because I, I had a two hour car ride. You know what I'm saying? It keep, creates a certain passion, so I'm kind of using it. And then someone sent me a, a very funny three minute YouTube with this comedian, George Carlin, who's talking. What a brilliant comedian. It was amazing insights the guy had about immune systems. It was brilliant. So all this is firing me up. And because none of us are qualified for Gopi Bomb, I can't speak on it. But somehow we're proceeding here. And the Bob is there. And they're, and they're angry. But what is that angry? That anger is their love. They're only angry because of love. And therefore, there's no duality because love is the higher, highest pleasure. So even when there's something contradictory, like their anxiety and their jealousy and their anger, it describes its poison and nectar at the same time but it's beyond duality. It's just the highest pleasure. Rasa vai saha. That ultimate reality is rasa. And I say that that's a very reasonable conception of reality, according to our experience. I did this drama with this Bhakta Alex, and it was about someone discovering this old text. And, and I, I wrote the, he was a professional, but I wrote the, uh, this index that this sadhu found called um, a reason, Krishna, a reasonable conception of divinity. And I wrote five principles. I made it up. First principle, everyone is looking for happiness and happiness is love. If that's the guiding principle here, why shouldn't it be in the ultimate reality? And for love to come to its height, it needs drama. 
You need drama. Emotion needs drama. So the whole re ultimate reality is full of drama because it's bringing that emotion. If everyone is omniscient, where's the drama? There's no, she loves me, she loves me not. You know one way or another because you can read everyone's minds. <laughs> There's gotta be drama. There's incredible drama. Without the surprise, where is the emotion? Everyone's cognizant of everything. There's no rasa. So Krishna surrenders himself to his own lila shakti, his own pastime potency. Having showed us Mukunda's face, what are they feeling? Framed by dark locks and beautified with his fine cheeks, raised nose and gentle smiles, which eradicates all misery. You are now making that face invisible. This behavior of yours is not all good. So when they're saying this, what are they doing? They're missing Krishna. They're missing his walk. They're missing his face. His beautiful smile. They're missing this. What are they feeling? And what is God thinking? I want to have this. What is that emotion? And don't we want to have this? Don't we want to have this incredible love for Krishna? churning in our hearts. What is that pleasure you get from God's own energy, energizing your soul and your nature to serve in your heart? What is that like? Oh, Providence, though you come here with the name of Krura, you are indeed Krura. Ah, cruel, not cool, cruel. What a joke. You, you send someone here named a cruel and not cruel. And what is he doing? He's ripping out our hearts by taking the object of our love from us. And we may love a child. We may love a mother. We may love a father. We may love a girlfriend. We may love a wife, a boyfriend. We may have some kind of love in our hearts, but it's nothing compared to what they're feeling. Because that type of love, it's real. And real means it's an eternal relationship. And it's real, therefore it's real love. It's an eternal relationship. Nasate vidyate bhavo, nabhavo vidyate sataha. That which is temporary is not real. That which is, that which is eternal is real. This is real. Our eternal relationship is with Krishna. All other relationships are temporary. And the love that we feel in them is a reflection of that love. And if we can connect that love to Krishna. Oh, Providence, though you come here with the name of Kruor, you are indeed cruel, for like a fool, you are taking away what you once gave us. Those eyes with which we have seen, even in one feature of Lord Madhuvisa's form, 
the, the perfection, the perfection of your entire creation, just in those eyes, Now I'll say something that's so archaic, no one else would live. Those eyes, Frank Sinatra had nothing. No one reacted here. Now, Parmenanda, someone says, Bob Dylan, no one knows. This is actually going beyond my generation to my parents. What are those eyes? What are the perfect eyes? And what happens is when you see them, it's like a magnet and it draws out this, this love, this energy of love. And it's just like when you take a drink, it goes by your taste buds. But when you have love, it, 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 it's, some, it's a taste that goes from your heart. And it, it just draws it out because it's Krishna. It's all attractive. the perfection of your entire creation. Why? Because Krishna is love and it manifests in beauty to please everyone. God made the best system for everyone's pleasure. Contrary to the, pop, prop, contrary to the popular belief that the best system would have been if I was in the center. <laughs> then I would have been happy. But you don't think about everyone else. Because if you're in the center, everyone else has to look at you. <laughs> Better that Krishna's in the center. And Krishna in the center means everyone's in the center. Because as I read this yesterday when I gave class at the Jagannath Healing Center as a when there is no circumference, the center is everywhere. So loving God means loving everyone. And it, 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 and it doesn't just mean the, the form of Krishna, but you see everyone within Krishna in the proper relationship. Isn't that nice? I, when there's no circumference, the center is everywhere. And, and, and what, what the, the, the commentary that was describing what we're trying to do with our intelligence is put the center in one place with our limited intelligence. We're trying to limit God. It's not impersonal. By me and my personal energy, I pervade everything, but I am not in them. I do not have the defect of impersonality. What an incredible conception of God Krishna. How can God not have a peacock feather? <laughs> I mean, isn't that the coolest conception of the absolute reality? With a peacock feather and a threefold bending form? Isn't that, how can it be anything else? Right? It's so simple. How can God be anything else but Krishna? 
was it Krishna, because God is defined as that being of which no greater can be conceived. If you have any conception of God, doesn't have a peacock feather, I can conceive of something better. A, a friend of mine who lives in Nepal, a bit eccentric, I have to say. who collects these expensive charters. I forgot what they're called. It's a strange name, but you can put the whole charter through a ring. It's the hair of one goat. They're like $20,000, these charters. He recently needed money, he sold one of his charters. See, he's into history and things, but he just told me that Darwin couldn't deal with a peacock because <laughs> he couldn't figure out what the beauty had to do with the evolution. It's beautiful so the peahen was attracted, but why is that beautiful, <laughs> right? Why is that beautiful? Darwin could not figure out a peacock. He had a problem with peacock. That's called myorphobia. I just made up that term. Mayor is peacock. So it's called myorphobia. Woo! Sorry, sometimes I, the screen here, I'm just... And we come here every, every... And when I come from upstate, I come here. I have a class. I have three, seven nine people in the, in, the, in the class right now. And I have three children. How old are you, Druva? Eight. Eight years old, sitting perfectly quiet. What's your name? Radha Priya. Radha Priya. How old are you? Seven. Seven years old, sitting completely quiet for the whole class. What's your name? Krishna Priya. Krishna Priya. How old are you? Nine. Nine years. Seven, eight, and nine years old sitting Parmananda, completely quiet, right? Listening to the whole class. Wonderful, right? No fidgeting. And they're looking and I'm saying things about Krishna. That's because the family has Radha Krishna deities. They're so, not only Radha Krishna, they have Radha Krishna, Panchatattva, Gornitai, Jagannath Baladev Subhadra, Shalagram Sheila, Gopalji, all dressed, all beautifully painted by Tota Gopinath. He spent several weeks here. And we have also the, the Maya Sheila that Druva has. They all have their own Govardhan Sheilas, but they're ordinary, they're or, ordinary uh, uh, new Windsor rocks. Well, after after you, I know you have many things to say, but let, 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 let me have the let me have the let, no no stop. I'd be glad, but they're all listening to the class completely quietly in there because in the evening, the whole family they have their arctic. I see the children down there doing the kirtan, and they see their parents are always worshiping the deities. Right? They're already worshiping deities. 
And you see, one of the doctors comes down and cooks a special feast sweet for the deities. And then there's another doctor in another room. Every day he's chanting Radha Kripa Kataksha Stava. Right? So they're all, they all have their own little devotional activity and they have guests here. They have, I think, at least two or three devotees that are staying here from different parts of the world. And then they're opening up a Posadam, another Posadam restaurant. If any of you are in the New Pulse area, Krishna ki ki uh, Kitchen. I went to the Gore Purnima here. There were 40 people, all Western born, not, not you know, not diaspora, diaspora from India. They were all Western born. And so expertly done from the Krishna Kitchen. Everyone got to take, but they all sat there and they got a nice box of prasadam and they had a quinoa salad that was really delicious. What was the subji, Haridas? It was jackfruit with roasted pepper subji. And then there was a really delicious dal. And then their, their specialty is the samosas, the baked samosas. And then there was halava, right? Yeah. And everybody sat down and ate. There was also preaching going on. So it's not just for the family, but helps others. So therefore the children, when they come to the class here, completely quiet, not fidgeting. And even though Druva has a lot that he could say, he's actually controlling himself. Thank you, Druva, you're really good today. Okay, let's get back to Radha Krishna. That's like part health, brimstone and fire, part stand-up comedy. <laughs> Uh, it's it's my variety show today. It's going to be that 11 o'clock after I travel, but a little gopi bob too. One more verse. Alas, Nanda's son. Now they're going to really, it's not just Providence. It's Nanda's son. Radhapriya, who's Nanda's son? Son of Who's Nanda's son? Yes, Krishna, of course, of course. Alas, Nanda's son, this rascal, listen, who breaks loving friendships in a second. Ooh, they're really angry with him now. Will not even look directly at us. How dare he? Oh, are they angry? forcibly brought under some control. We abandoned our homes, relatives, children, and husbands just to serve him. But he's always looking for new lovers. That's Gopi Bob. When you take sannyas, you get another Gayatri mantra, and the Gayatri mantra is called the Gopi Bob mantra. So why do sannyasis get a Gopi Bhav mantra? Because who are the exemplars of sannyas? The gopis. They were, they were giving up their good bad karma and good karma. What's their good karma? Families, everything. You know, they gave up everything in a second for Krishna. 
Why? Out of intense love, a tense natural relationship. They gave up everything. And now, after we gave up everything, we, we abandoned homes, we abandoned children, our relatives, everything we abandoned, and now you're leaving us? What happened to their anger? Hey, they are furious of that Krishna. I, I, and I, I tell this story, you know, that, that Prabhupada, I was in the garden with Prabhupada in Dallas. If you see Dallas, it's just amazing. It, the houses were $10,000 at that time. They bought all the houses around this whole, this whole block, huge block, a temple and, and, and a big community hall and a restaurant, and then a, a, a little forest of pecan trees. And then the rest is all surrounded by houses. So if you walk out the temple and you go out the back, you're in the backyard of one of the devotees. And Prabhupada would sit there and I have a picture of myself sitting there and Prabhupada is listening to Krishna book. And the gopis are complaining about Krishna. They're complaining about Krishna. And Prabhupada's laughing and laughing and he says they cannot stop thinking about Krishna. Krishna, 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 Krishna. Now I'll tell another story I told you. Some of you will find this funny, maybe. But when I got into Krishna consciousness, my parents became so concerned that they wanted to give me a higher taste. So what did they do? They took me to a Broadway show. And I remember the name of the show. It was, I told this before. It was the most boring show. Couldn't they have taken me to like West Side Story or the Jersey Boys? Or, or it wasn't then something that like would be like exciting. My Fair Lady, you know, what is it called? The, you know, the, the cat one. I don't know. Lion King, you know, something. <laughs> Springtime for Hitler in Germany, something. <laughs> <laughs> they brought me to enter laughing. It was the worst, boring drama. And I thought to myself, if this is the taste in the material world, <laughs> I'm joining the temple. So we're outside waiting for the, the, the waiting for the, the Broadway show. And what do we hear? The kirtan party comes back. And who's in the kirtan party? My eccentric college roommate. Who looked at me and saw me and gave me a cult-like ecstatic hug. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, the devotees were already hippies, so they loved far out things. They loved blowing people's minds. I spoke to Parmananda, to, he drove me down here today, how they're against the system, right? They're against the system. He said, young people today, the world can be falling apart. They're either drugged out or on their cell phone to be resistant. There's no resist. They used to resist the establishment. 
who they saw was corrupt. But today he said, he said, there should be so many punk bands today protesting. But the kids are just drugged out and sedated. So there, wow, this is far out. He's with his parents. Let me give him an electric hug. My father later told me he couldn't enjoy the drama. All he could think about was Krishna, 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 Krishna. <laughs> That's what he told me. Krishna, 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 Krishna. I was with that time my parents and my father's older sister, who is the mother of Maseva Bharti very dignified lady, actually supportive. Wow, was I fired up today. Okay, anybody like to? We'll let everybody see now. Okay, one second. Anybody like to say, Jamuna Jaya? Hey, Maharaj. You were indeed fired up. <laughs> it's very, very fun to, to listen to the class today. Um, I loved your description of the emotions in, in uh, Krishna Lila being like waves. And it's like the anger wave washes you in and the anxiety wave washes you in and the love wave. It's a, such a very beautiful analogy to picture that the that each each emotion is yeah. is pushing everyone well, closer like the wave. That's directly from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Mm. It describes that your staibhav your relationship with Krishna is like the ocean. And the Vyabhachari Bhavs are the temporary emotions of jealousy and, and jubilation and anger and despair and that just keep on increasing it. And sometimes they come from the other side and they clash. And sometimes one wave makes another wave higher. It's all described there. Beautiful. Thank you, Maharaj. Anybody else like to say hello? Okay, I see all the names there. So I, I'm thankful everybody comes. One more person, say hello. Hi, Krishna Gumaraj, it's Kishori. Kishori, don't say that. You know, totally, you know, he's he's missing the big Easter party and he has to stay here. We'll give you something to eat though, Tota. Thank you. <laughs> I'll survive. Okay, he said he'll, he'll, he'll be okay, okay? Okay, okay. I'm a little jealous. Really? Yeah. But you're going to the Easter party with your family today. How wonderful. <laughs> oh. okay. Anybody else? All right. Hey, Krishna. So, Erotica, you going to say hello? Hare Krishna, Mars. Thanks for the class. Hare Krishna, Mars. Thank you very oh, much. Both classes, both mother and daughter. That's so wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's really lucky. Yeah. Anybody else? Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Bal Maharaj, Shri Rupa, thank you for class. Hey, Shri Rupa, Hare Bal. I don't know how to do it. Okay, Gopa, Hare Bal. 
Hi, Krishna Maharaj. I knew you and Priya would be listening. We're not too good at this camera thing. <laughs> Ram yeah, anyway. Hey, is that the famous Ram Sadowski? Hi, Bo Maharaj. Hi, Bo Ram Maharaj. <laughs> Those of you who haven't been there, that's where I have my Vyas Puja. That's the kitchen. And... Uh, I knew when I saw your name that Priya would be there listening. Okay. I'll see you next Sunday, right? No, no, two Sundays. Two weeks, yeah, two weeks. Okay, we'll be at your place. Okay, anybody else? Hi, Bo. Hi, Krishna. Feel you. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, we're going to leave for today. Okay, you want to see the kids? Yes, let's see everybody. Oh, hi. Hi. Hola. 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 Hey. Hola. Whoa. You see, there's no problem with COVID here. They all have natural immunity because the, the whole house got it already. So th their immunity is durable and complete. So I feel very safe here. They all had COVID. Every single one had COVID. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Haribo Maharaj. Sorry, I'm not there. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll speak about two weeks from now. You'll just come okay. outside and I'll meet you in the courtyard. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. We'll work out something. All right. Hey, Vanchakalpa Turbia Sakapasindra Bhavaj.